Is your team in sync? If not, then it's going to be very difficult for you to steer the ship towards your company goals. Learn how to solve this in today's show. Whether you have some of these things or all of these things, you're going to learn a ton from Mr. Leadership himself, Mr. Rob Schallenberger. Take it away, Rob. All right, well, hello to my EGIA friends, and this is a big deal that you're here. This is going to be power-packed. We're going to go through this fairly quick, but this will give us a great introduction into strategic planning and alignment and what we can do to align our teams from top to bottom. Now, this is for, because it's strategic planning and alignment, this is for managers, senior leaders in the organization, because we're the ones that determine the alignment and the strategy. Now, if you look at high-performing teams, there are really three components that lead to high-performing teams. Number one, most important, is the people. People are operating at their capacity, in other words, their current mindset or skill set. The second part is the culture. And we will either have a culture by design or we will have a culture by default. And if the culture is not in place, we could develop a great strategy, but the culture will eat strategy for breakfast. And so you really want to make sure that you've got the people and that you're training the people. And that's why EGIA is so good. They have so many resources for the training of people. And that will lead into creating that culture by design, which sets us up perfectly to have a clear strategy that aligns the organization or the team from top to bottom. And so what we're going to walk through here in the next few minutes together is an overview of this process that we've created that will help someone start either from scratch and develop their strategic plan or another way to look at this is if you've already put some work and effort into your strategic plan, we might look at this from a different angle today, maybe from a slightly different lens and maybe give you a chance to fill in some stop gaps, you know, some areas where it could be improved. So whether you're starting from scratch or whether you already have a plan in place, this will be a great overview of this proprietary process that we've created and how it can help you, again, whether you're starting here or you're just filling in the gaps. So we're going to walk through this together and we call this the strategic rhythm. And the reason we call it that is because you can walk into a team and you can tell whether they're in sync or in rhythm with each other. There's a feeling to it, isn't there? I mean, look at any type of sports team. You watch basketball or football. You can tell when the team is in sync, right? <laughs> you can also tell when they're out of sync. There's a feeling to it. You know, there's excitement on the sidelines. Or conversely, there's a lot of frustration. In sync, out of sync. And that's the exact same thing with our teams and our organizations is we want to be in sync. Now, I was talking with the University of Minnesota rowing coach and a friend of hers, and what she commented was that the difference between first place and middle of the pack is whether or not the oars hit the water within 0.03 seconds of each other. So you look at this picture on the screen and you imagine 0.03 seconds, how close and in sync those teams are rowing together if they're going to finish anywhere better than middle of the pack. And the same idea applies to our teams as we want people's oars hitting the water together, in sync, rowing together. And that's where there's a power that comes from that. And that's exactly what having a clear strategy will help an organization do. And look, the truth is, including our organization and yours, every single organization that exists in the world right now could be more aligned than they currently are. And think of it this way. If you as the leader, the manager, the CEO, whatever your title is, if you are the center of gravity, the further you get away from the center of gravity, the more distorted the messaging gets and the more it gets lost in communication. And that's why, hey, it may be clear in our mind where we're going as a company, but the question is, is it clear two or three layers away from the center of gravity? And that's the idea of getting our oars rowing together. And that's why it's so nice to have a process, this strategic rhythm process that we can follow. 
So even though we're only going to take a few minutes together, and, and I realize that is not enough time, but it is enough time to get started. It is enough time to look at an overview. Uh, with our coaching clients, we'll spend hours on this. But again, the intent here is not to go into great depth. It's to simply get an overview and assess where you are today and what you could do to improve your alignment. So if you look on the screen, what you're going to see here is what we would call a one-page summary of your strategic plan. So if I was to ask you right now, show me a one-page summary of your strategic plan. Could you do it? <laughs> and that's the idea is that, now I use the word summary, right? This is a summary. It's not the detailed plan, but can you get a snapshot of your plan on one page? And that's what we're really looking for so that you can start to move out from the center of gravity and create that alignment. And so by the time we're done, I'm going to walk us through how we can have a one-page summary of our strategic plan. Now, here are a few things that you can do with your team before going through this process. On the screen, you see six questions. What I would invite you to do is ask your team independently, each one of them, these questions. Let them come up with their own answers. Don't answer them as a group, otherwise you start to get group think. This is something that should be done individually. If you have four or five or six people on your senior leadership team, you know, what you'd call your executive team, maybe even if it's only two, it doesn't matter. But the idea is to answer these questions independently and then come together and see where you overlap on your answers. These six questions are a great test of your current alignment, where you're already at. Because if you're not aligned right now as an executive team, how in the world can we expect you know, two or three layers down to be aligned? And so by answering these six questions independently and then looking at your answers, you'll number one, test your current alignment. And number two, you're gonna set yourself up with the answers to these questions to better facilitate walking through each step of this strategic plan that we're gonna go through. So again, here's the six questions. I invite you to each have each member of your executive team First answer them individually and then come together and group those answers together and that will give you a great starting point to go through this strategic rhythm. So let's jump into it. Right at the top, right at the top of this pyramid is where we invite people to start with a vision and a purpose. And already this is different than a lot of companies because even those who have done some form of strategic planning oftentimes overdo it. In other words, how many times have we been into an organization and they have a mission and a vision and a purpose and, and all of these things? and they're long, and they have all these big fluffy words in them. And so when you ask just a normal employee or team member, you know, what's your vision? What's your mission? What's all? Nobody knows it. And so what's the purpose of having it in the first place if it doesn't create alignment and help us row in the same direction? So we start at the top and we invite you just to have one thing, a vision and a purpose, and I'll explain the difference. So if you have a mission and a vision, find a way to, I'm suggesting that you find a way to combine those into one. And we like the word vision because it's a little, it's a little higher, it's a little bit more inspirational if you wanna call it that. So we like the word vision. You can call it whatever you want, but the bottom line is it's important to have. Now what goes into the vision? If you notice on the screen, there's a few things that we look at as criteria for developing a great vision. Number one litmus test for a vision is it needs to create alignment and direction of purpose. In other words, if you look at the behavior that it's driving, does it drive a behavior and does it create alignment? As much as possible from top to bottom. This is a big one right here. It needs to be two sentences or less. One of the biggest mistakes I see when I see visions is, you know, they're long, they're wordy, they use all these big PhD words. And again, that's, that's not something that's replicatable two or three layers away from the center of gravity. People need to be able to easily understand it. And that's why two sentences max, max ideally one sentence. The third part of this is that it provides leadership in the absence of supervision. Think about that. 
If somebody on your team is left on their own, does that vision provide leadership in the absence of supervision? If they're trying to make an important decision. And the last thought that goes into the vision is write it in a way that an eighth grader can understand it. You know, I've done this with the Dallas Cowboys, with Hensel Phelps. I've done this with organizations all over the world and almost across the board. The first attempt at it, the first draft is always coming into it with these big words. We are the superfluous leaders of the environmental. You're like, what are you even trying to say? <laughs> I can't even understand it. You know, all these big words we need to toss out the window, make it simple, make it clear. Make it so that an eighth grader can understand it because the more simple it is, the easier it will be for all the people on your team to understand it and remember it and really internalize it. Does that make sense? I hope so. So that's the starting point is the vision. That's, those are the kind of the four criteria we're looking for. The other thing that we invite you to consider is the purpose. And the purpose is simple. Why are you in business? And the answer to the purpose is always about the customer. Why are you doing what you're doing? It's always about the customer in one sentence. What is it? So you have a very simple vision and a very simple purpose. Here's where we're going. Here's why we're doing it. And that's the purpose. Where we're going, why we're doing it. And that's the top of the pyramid. That's the vision and the purpose. That's what creates the, the, the alignment that starts at the top. The second part of this, as you layer down the pyramid, is to have clear core values. And this is something that most of us could improve on as we think about core values. Your core values should define the culture. So if you could look at your culture, how would you define your culture? That's the core values. And the thing is you're going to hire and fire to these core values. They're not just a wall ornament. This really is what we hire and fire to. If someone's not in alignment with the core values, they're out. You know, we help them find a better place somewhere else and that's okay. But we want people in the organization who are aligned with our core values. The third part is, you know, you can create awards around this, a quarterly award, annual award, who best exemplified your different values? That's a way to continue to drive it home deep into the organization. And the question that I get asked almost all the time is how many? How many should we have? Ideally five or less. Now you could twist my arm and say up to seven, but ideally five or less is how many core values you should have. And you can have this, you know, really culture-wide throughout your organization. You could even have these maybe on your own individual team as a subculture within your organization. That's a different way to look at it. All right, the third part down now. So imagine already being a part of this team. There's a clear vision. We know where we're going and there's a purpose, why we're doing it. We've identified our core values that define our culture. Now we invite you to come up with your TIGs. Your TIGs are what we call totally inspirational goals. Maximum of three TIGs. They are specific, measurable goals. We don't use the words more or better. And these are where you wanna be, what you want to accomplish over the course of the next 13 months, really out to about three years. You could say five years, but there's just too much that changes that far out in time. So really it's over the course of the next year, 13 months out to about three years. What are your one, two, three specific TIGs for your organization or for your team? This is a big deal to really get these right. So on the screen are a few examples. You can see how specific and measurable each example is. Achieve X percent of U.S. market share. Maybe it's not U.S. market share. You know, maybe it's Florida achieve percent of, US, or of uh, Florida's market share in the HVAC business, whatever. Uh, maybe it's to expand into um, Georgia by July 2022. It's a new territory. It's a new state. That's a specific TIG as an example. Win at least 10 proposals company-wide by December 30th, 2022. These are just specific examples of what a TIG might look like. You need to have at least one of those TIGs that applies to the economic engine because Money is the lifeblood of the organization. That's what makes the heart beat. 
As much as we want to be philanthropic and help others and do good, the organization cannot function without money. So TIGS, one of them, needs to be about the economic engine. And the others, you know, they're really up to you. What do you want to do with the company over the course of the next 13 months to three years? All right, now that you've got your TIGS, up to three TIGS, now we're going to go down to the next layer, which is to identify what your key five strategies would be to achieve your TIGS. Now, while your TIGS are very specific and measurable, the strategies don't need to be. Strategies, another way to look at this would be areas of focus. In other words, what do you want to be focusing on with your team or with your organization to achieve the TIGS? I'll show you on the screen a few examples. What you're looking for are up to, like I said, five strategies. And here you can see on the screen a few examples of what that might look like. In the energy efficiency business, anybody associated with EGIA, I'm suggesting should have number three that you see on the screen as one of your strategies. Deliver a world-class customer experience or some variation of that. But you've got to be focused on the customer experience as one of your strategies. Now, you know, you might come up with some other, what, other ones as well. Maybe there's a big internal software that you need that will help with scheduling because scheduling has really been a mess up to this point. So one of your strategies might be to successfully implement the X software to revamp the entire scheduling process. That could be a strategy, right? So it's kind of big picture. It's not specific, it's not measurable, but it is a clear area of focus, hence strategy, on what you need to do to accomplish the TIGs. So ultimately, once you've identified your five key strategies, and if you don't have five, by the way, that's okay. Maybe four is what you need to focus on, great. It's whatever you need to come up with to the point where you can say, yep, if we focus on those five strategies or four strategies, we will achieve the TIGs. That's the litmus test that you're looking for. And once you've identified your strategies, the next part of this equation is really where you're putting the meat on the bones. In other words, you're identifying the initiatives, the key things that need to happen to achieve that strategy. And these are pretty specific items. And then you'll assign a who and a when to each one. So there's a who, what needs to happen, the initiative, and when will it be accomplished by. Now you could come up with 40 or 50 initiatives for each strategy, but you don't have the bandwidth and resources to accomplish all of them. So you really need to sort through your initiatives and say, what are the key initiatives that we actually can do with our current bandwidth and resources? And maybe out of 40, you whittle it down to 15. And then you ask yourself, if we do those 15 initiatives, if we accomplish those 15 things, do we achieve that strategy? Yes. If we're achieving these strategies, are we achieving the TIGs? Yes. Can you sense the alignment that is now starting to come? And that's the intent. So once you've got all of your initiatives, and I know I'm going through this pretty fast, but hopefully this overview will help, really kind of help you think about where are we at, how, what's our alignment look like. You can sense how nice it is to have this kind of clear direction and focus. Once you have all these initiatives within each of your strategies, I suggest that you take them and do what you see on the screen, which is to put them into a master list of initiatives and sort them chronologically. And so now what you have is something that you can reference every week as part of your weekly meeting and say, how are we tracking on the initiatives? What's coming up this week? What's coming up next week? What's on our radar that we should be aware of? And over the course of time, you start scratching these off, boom, you start hacking away at these initiatives, suddenly you're well on your way to achieving these strategies, which should put you well on your way to achieving the TIGs. So at this point, now just like you see on the screen, you would be able to have a one-page summary of your strategic plan. In other words, you would have a clear vision that you could put out there. Where are we going as a company? What are our TIGs, our specific targets? What are our up to five key strategies? And then below each one of those, just like you see on the screen, you could list your key initiatives 
that you're going to accomplish in order to achieve those strategies. Can you already sense how powerful that would be in creating alignment within a team to have that level of focus? This is the key. So I call this part one of your strategic plan. If you can get part one done, you've just done what very few organizations have done. It already puts you in an elite selective group of teams or organizations, and that's a big deal. Now there is a part two to this, but I'm calling it part two because I really don't invite people to focus on part two until they've got part one in place. Part two is a lot easier to implement. Uh, at the same time, you can't do it without part one in place. And so I really wanna separate these two. I'm just inviting you right now to primarily focus on part one. Once you've got that done, come back and look at part two. Here's part two. You start moving down that pyramid a little further and you're gonna see after the five key strategies, annual meetings, annual goals, quarterly meetings, quarterly goals. So what you're, we're inviting you to do is to meet annually as an organization to go over this. What does your strategic plan look like for the coming year? Are the TIGs still good? Are the five key strategies still good? Do we need to go through and brainstorm new initiatives? What pivots or adjustments do we need to continue to make? Those are some of the things that you might go over in your annual meeting. You could also go over like an external environment analysis. What are the threats out there? What are the possible opportunities? Almost always, the most successful organizations will have an annual meeting to ensure that we're aligned for the coming year. To that same exact point, the most successful organizations, even if you're three people, will have a quarterly meeting for the same exact purpose. Let's review last quarter, and let's look at this coming quarter and make sure we're aligned for the quarter. And this is where part two gets a little bit more in depth. If you wanna take it up a notch, I invite you to have each key member of your team, key member of your team, come up with their specific measurable goals for that quarter and for that year. Now, of course, those should align with the initiatives and the strategies, right? And there may be some things that are outside of those strategies, but they shouldn't be, that should be the exception rather than the norm, right? Because we've already identified these are our areas of focus. So the bottom line is, if you look at an organization that's following the strategic rhythm, what would that look like? They have a vision, they have core values that define the culture, they have TIGs, up to three TIGs, they have the five key areas of focus or strategies that they're gonna focus on to achieve those TIGs. They have specific initiatives underneath each one of those strategies that in, if or when they do those initiatives, they will accomplish that strategy. And then they have this cadence, this rhythm of meeting together. They have a very formal big annual meeting. It could be a full day, two days. It could be an offsite to Mexico or somewhere else in the world. So your annual meeting is one that, that's kind of a big deal. Your quarterly meetings, you know, much less so. That could be a couple hour meeting. So you have this cadence of this rhythm of meeting annually where you review your annual goals and the part one of your strategic plan. You have your quarterly meetings where now you're reviewing the previous quarter and you're looking at each person, key members of your team, you're looking at their quarterly goals for the coming quarter. And so there's this real focus and alignment within the organization. And this is what you see on the screen is an example of what a template might look like for your annual and quarterly goals. You can see it's pretty straightforward. Hey, if we're looking at Q1 as the previous quarter, there's our highlights, here's our Q1 report, and here's our Q2 goals for the coming quarter. Looks just like this. So it's really pretty straightforward at those quarterly meetings. We just wanna make sure people are aligned. And the final piece of this puzzle is actually what I would call probably the most important piece of the puzzle, and that is the weekly alignment meeting. So individually, if you watch our Do What Matters Most uh, videos that we put together on the LMS and other places, you've heard us talk about the high performance habits in Do What Matters Most of pre-week planning. <laughs> so I hope you've heard that term in some of our other trainings. Pre-week planning is one of the most, most important individual habits that we have if we wanna increase productivity, prioritize our time, 
and do what matters most. At the organizational and team level, it's the same idea with that weekly meeting. That's the form of pre-week planning as a team. You're sitting down early in the week, you're looking at your key initiatives, hey, what's on our radar this week, what's on our radar for the coming week, and what are the other things that matter most that we need to coordinate on this week? That's why it's so important to have that meeting because otherwise, remember that center of gravity, we're getting two or three layers away from that, that message can get distorted so quickly and so easily. And so that's why we invite people to have that weekly meeting. That's what really ties us all down, ties it all together and keeps us focused and on track. So there's a very brief, fast overview of what a strategic rhythm could look like using our proprietary strategic planning and alignment process. Imagine the power that would come to an organization when they have this type of strategic plan in place. It really is a rhythm. People start hitting the water in sync with each other. You know, the oars are rowing together and people crave that. They crave alignment, they crave direction. And so it's something that is very important for a leader to do. Remember, there are three pieces to that puzzle. It's the people, it's the culture, and it's the strategy. <laughs> and that's what we've been focused on for the last few minutes together is how to create that alignment of strategy. So what now is the question. Here's what I would invite you to do, just to recap, is number one, with your key leaders, answer those six questions that I talked about earlier independently. Bring each of those answers together and group them together. So everybody's answer to number one, put under number one. Look for overlaps. Look for different ideas. That's why we're doing that. You're gonna take the cumulative answers from one, two, three, four, five, six, and that's gonna help you develop the vision, the core values, the TIGs, the key strategies, and the initiatives. So that's the pre-work that will help you do everything else that will go into your one-page summary, what we call part one of that strategic plan. And then number two is to actually put on your calendar a date and time when you will work on developing a draft or refinement of your vision, your purpose, your core values, TIGs, five key strategies and initiatives. And for those who really wanna take it up a notch, actually meet with the people who will be involved and block off time on your calendar for your annual and quarterly meetings. Make sure that nobody's taking a vacation. And you can do that by being well ahead of the curve. So this is a powerful process. I compliment you for making the time to watch this video. And my hope is that whether you're starting from scratch or whether you already have a plan that it's been helpful to think about some of these things and how they can help align an organization. So again, congratulations on getting here. If you have any questions that we could help you with, please email us at support at becomingyourbest.com and we can certainly do our best to answer your questions as you walk through this process. So between now and then, have a great day and a great week. Now that's some awesome content right there from Rob Schellenberger. Now listen, if you're not a member and you want to get some more free content, just sign up for a free trial by clicking the join button at the top of this page. We have much more leadership content as well as the other major areas of focus to get your business in the 20% Profit Club. That's it for today, my friends. Bye-bye for now.